five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're fighting for direct mail every day, but not today. We'll talk about something else today, but I think it'll be fun. So let's get over to the fun stuff. And uh, here's a story about a stunt that I'll give you more information from Louis Levante. I drove three hours from home to see the world's only cheese it pump and you guys. They had an actual gas tank that would shoot cheese it out of it like a cannon. Look at that. Like a cannon. Not only that, but they also had a ton of cheese it themed merch like shirts, flip flops, and even their harder to find flavors. Bacon and cheddar duos, extra big, jalapeno and cheddar jack. There was even a buffalo flavor that I have never seen before. And we all love a good picture. You could take pictures in these Cheez-It themed cars. And of course, the Cheez-It Mobile. Cheez-It Stop is located in Joshua Tree and is now open to the public. So run, sprint, but most certainly do not walk to the world's only Cheez-It pump. You will thank me later. You will never believe. Okay, that was Louis Levante. And uh, one of the few stories that someone actually went to the Cheez-It stop so I could get a picture of the Cheez-It pump pumping Cheez-Its. They could put them in your car. They could put them in a cooler or they could put them in anything you wanted. Um, my my guess is they might have given away those for free. I don't know. Maybe you had to pay a certain amount at the pump. I don't know what the price per gallon is for Cheez-Its. But the story is over here. Let's get over to the Cheez-It story. Um, it, like I said, it's mainly a stunt. And, um, you know, that thing has got a couple of thousand views, which isn't that great on Instagram or TikTok. But um, the Cheez-It themed rest stop opens for a limited time. It's open until June 11th. And it's in the middle of pretty much nowhere. Um in Joshua Tree, California, which is, you know, it's like not on the way to anything. Highway, uh, the the Highway 29, Palms Highway ends in about, you know, when it hits the California Arizona border. But it's most of the way there. Uh, as Louis pointed out, he 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 drove three hours to get there. Uh, as I said, it's open till June 11th. There it is, right there, and. Um, you know, then I I think they just probably leased out a, you know, a a, a closed gas station and, and had some fun with it. But, you know, maybe it'll get some views. Uh, it just shows you that advertising and marketing can be a lot more interesting than you thought. Right. And there's the pump going on there. I don't see any uh, sales uh, information indicating that it's given it a big boost in sales. OK, the National Retail Federation did a survey and said consumers believe that retail crime is increasing. And that is the word believe is probably more important in that headline than anything else from Melissa Campanelli. Um, 53 percent of consumers believe retail crimes such as shoplifting and looting stores have increased in their community since the onset of the pandemic. Um, this, and uh, it's increased 57% for consumers who live in suburban areas. Now, you know, I haven't really seen that in my neighborhood. It's We have a lot of police for our size of town, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the reasons that number is probably higher is because there's probably a certain acceptance of shoplifting uh, in urban areas. It seems like that was the case. Um, and so if you've come to accept it, then then that's then that then you don't see an increase. You say, well, it's just continuing. Um, you know, we saw that with unemployment at, at, at COVID. 
when we compared unemployment rates uh, April 1919 to April to, to uh, April 2020, um, which we did, we built variables on that for uh, one client who wanted to know if their if their clientele had changed dramatically or if there was an opportunity um, in areas that hadn't seen that hadn't been hit so much by unemployment. We found that the areas that were greatest hit were the areas that had very, very, very low unemployment, uh, the suburban areas. Um, and so, you know, those, you know, it could go up 100%, but it went up from, you know, 1% to 2%. So it, 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 you know, it's really difficult to analyze some of these numbers. But um, two thirds say that they're concerned about gang led shoplifting, which we did an article on um, last week. And the number increases to 75% among consumers who live in urban communities. So in urban areas, they're concerned about gangs orchestrating this with repeat offenses. And that's what we saw in the Lululemon story yesterday. Uh, people said that they'd seen products kept in locked cabinets to avoid theft. You know, it's my, the, the true value. I went in to get some uh, lighter. I, I like to buy lighters that are refillable why not you know uh, and so when you want to buy the refill uh butane i think it is um that's in a lock ca cabinet i don't know if it's for theft or just because um you know they're not allowed to sell it to just anybody you got to be over 18 or something like that but anyway there were some some real fancy knives uh like leatherman and in there too but it was very very small but um that is a trend i think and um, this is the one that's the most important. Consumers believe that retail theft impacts the price of goods that they buy. And this was my ar argument. This was my argument yesterday that the CEO of Lululemon said, well, we're just trying to protect our employees. Well, if you don't protect your products, then you aren't protecting your customers. You're just saying, oh, well, you know, we'll let the organized crime take all the take all the. Uh, all that they want, and you know, you you good customers, you're going to have to pay for it. That's really what you're saying, CEO, and I really, really resent it. <laughs> I don't shop at Lululemon, but someone else said that the reason they do that is so that people don't realize how much it's costing them to shop at Lululemon, and that could be it also. Um, retail CEOs said their main cause of inventory shrink was uh, was retail was retail theft it was really th theft but when you read that story what you found was that only about a third of retail shrinkage was from shoplifters or even organized crime shoplifting about uh, a third of it was from uh was from in transit theft right and we talked about that and another third of it was from employee theft so uh, it wasn't just the, the things that make videos on TikTok interesting uh, where, you know, a bunch of people come in and, and destroy a, a store. Um, the one thing that that will accomplish is it will get keep stores out of your neighborhood. So um, on the Lululemon video, uh, there was a woman who was was telling the thieves to stay away from their store, even though she wasn't an employee. Because she realizes that that's the quickest way to close stores, reduce competition in her neighborhood, and increase her prices that she'll have to pay and her inconvenience when there's no convenience stores. Uh, so the NRF has launched a grassroots campaign in support of combating organized retail crime. And uh, as I said, 
most of it isn't at the counter level. Okay, this is an article from Mark Ritson, and I always read Mark's articles, partly because usually they come at it from a different direction than I expected. But I don't know too much about high-end vodka, I have to say. I buy low-end vodka for margaritas because I found out that the origin of margaritas is the Daisy, which was a bourbon drink from the Deep South, uh, bourbon and lemonade or bourbon and, and sour uh, it was the predecessor to Whiskey Sour, Tom Collins, and the Margarita, which means daisy in Spanish. If you ever want to stump a bartender, ask him for a daisy. Ask him for a vodka daisy. They won't know what you're talking about. But anyway, the, for some reason, the tequila version stuck with the Margarita name. But you can put vodka in it. I think vodka's a better deal and also a uh, less intrusive liquor <laughs> for margaritas. Anyway, so Sean Combs, I did reach out to him this morning to to, to tell him I was going to feature this. Filed a lawsuit against uh, Diego, looks like, could be Diego. Um, and uh, Diego is one of the world's biggest uh, liquor suppliers, distributors. And uh, they they were, they had a brand of 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 vodka but it wasn't doing that well and so they hired Diddy that's Sean to come in and um, yeah they had tried to hire in vodka named Ciroc Ciroc but its sales it was made originally from French grapes uh, which didn't work that well because it's confusing <laughs> you know brandies from grapes vodkas from potatoes or something you can make vodka from anything I guess um, and the brand was doing less than 3% of Grey Goose's sales volume. So they, from more, from desperation than strategy, they hired, uh, they hired Sean Combs, a.k.a. Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, and Diddy. Um, also, Brother Love and the man that might save our vodka. And he made an outrageous business negotiation um, where he asked for a percentage of the increase and um, became brand manager and chief marketing officer. And um, all of a sudden, the brand went from a tiny beverage oddity to one of the hottest brands in wine spirits in a matter of months. From only 300,000 cases in 2007 to 2.5 million cases in the years that followed. And it led to Diddy becoming the richest rapper of all time. And... Uh, and making about 50 million every year since 2007 from his vodka deal. So much of what Diddy's 1 billion fortune was made thanks to this partnership. <clears throat> but rumor has it that the executives at Diego resented <clears throat> resented Diddy for making too much money. And so for whatever reason they didn't talk nice. And we don't know exactly what um, we don't know exactly what happened, but did he accuse them of corporate bigotry and hypocrisy? Now he was the CEO, CMO, which Ritson points out, and um, he said that they cloaked themselves in a language of diversity and equality, but <clears throat> um, and they include images of black partners in their advertising, <clears throat> which kind of everybody does these days. Um, and press releases, but 
it's only an illusion of inclusion. They didn't go far enough for his liking. And um, and though Diego repeatedly scores at the apex of every index of DEI, known to man, woman, or other, <clears throat> its existing management teams are already diverse, uh, and 45% come from ethnically diverse backgrounds, <clears throat> and uh, or they have a goal by 2020 by 2030, which isn't very far, and of uh, 50% of its leaders being women. You know, but if you can't communicate cross-culturally, you might be in trouble. <clears throat> but um, they've denied it. They said for more than 50 years, 15 years, we've had a productive relationship, and we're disappointed in our efforts <clears throat> what's changed well Ciroc is a declining brand <clears throat> but Ritson points out to stay at the top of the market for 15 years is amazing or a decade at the top in an in a you know in a world where everybody's looking for a new thrill right and if you can stick with the same vodka that's especially when it's the best vodka I've ever had which was a bottle that had been sent directly from Mikhail Gorbachev um, to a to an acquaintance of mine who gave me a shot, and it was the best liquor I've ever had. It was completely smooth, no burn at all. It was amazing, amazing. And that's a story for another day. But um, um, Diddy's accusation was that that they had they had basically limited Ciroc to urban market segments. And uh, he had been told if he had been Martha Stewart, they would have had wider distribution. Um, but uh, also they, <laughs> third, Diego bought George Clooney's tequila brand for a billion dollars. And um, that brand quickly grew to become the number one selling brand in the category. So maybe he was upset with that. We don't know. It's a lot of rumor. But um whether you see this as the story of a black entrepreneur whose brands are being neglected by an endemically racist corporation or an incredibly greedy, slightly deluded artist who sees an opportunity to make money from shaming a perfectly good company into paying them even more money, either way, it's prime evidence of how FUBAR, American marketing, at its, is at its present moment. And in that light, we're going to go on to an, our next story. Uh, but uh, Ritson says, you know, he was making 50 million a year, and even in in the slight decline, there was no reason why that couldn't happen, and he maybe could have turned it around with a little more innovative marketing from the CMO. So the last story is sort of on that same vein by Kid Sleepy over on AdLand.tv. Shut up and sell the product, <laughs> and he wanders into deep. Deep water saying, I've always been against brands wading into the cultural conversation regarding any topic du jour for several reasons. First is that advertisers and their agencies are cynical and only care uh, long enough about any particular movement to enter into an award to enter it into an award show. And the Keynes show has categories like helping Africa get water. On that note, I got a call a few years ago from a, a young man who's now in his, I think, late 50s or early 60s, who said, you know, you remember how you, you know, sort of worked with, with us every morning? We used to get up really early and go to George Webb's and, and do a Bible study. And he said, remember how you mentored me? And I went into ministry and I mentored another young man and he started a, a, a nonprofit organization that 
supplies filters. They're huge concrete filters with sand and bugs. And you can pour any kind of water in the top of it and out comes drinkable water. And he said, you've brought, you've, you know, by helping me help him, you brought water to 800,000 people in Africa. So that was, you know, I, it's a bit, a bit of a stretch. But it just shows you that you don't know how your life matters and it's good to help people. And so hopefully that, so hopefully that's the case. And I hope that thing grows and I should get in touch with him again. Um, but um, he said, it's just a cynical plot to win awards. And uh, Africa still has drought, drought and Black Lives Matter is almost broke, has filed bankruptcy and only donated 33% of its near $100 million raised. And uh, the founders got big mansions, which I don't think they've given back yet, but maybe they should. Um, but but people are surprised when companies just trying to get a better ESG score um, don't stand up when there's a backlash and don't fight for it. You know, Anheuser-Busch is hemorrhaging. Its sales are down 30%. Mm. Well, Bud Light was the number one selling beer in their stable, but they have 50 or 100 beers uh, that they sell. And uh, overall, their sales are down like 1%. The stock is down maybe 15%, something like that. Not a lot. Seems like it's going up a little bit again. Um, you know, but then they started, they, they moved, they started doing pro-America ads and, you know, nobody was fooled by that. And then the the trans community, you know, got upset, and so they may be boycotting them, you know, whatever. And Target's customers got upset about their uh, their Pride Month display. We won't go into the details, but the articles are always available after the show at WDMA.org in the members-only section. So you have to subscribe, which is free, or you can join and support our efforts. Um, we haven't seen the real impact of, of Target, but uh, their stock is went from 160 down to uh, about 130 it's trading today um and so that's you know a bit but it doesn't exactly hurt target you know um it hurts the shareholders who may be upset chick-fil-a um has entered into the diversity race to the bottom <laughs> and now the conservatives are mad about that black rifle was accused of being I think they were accused of being anti-Semitic, but the founder, uh, uh, even Haffer is Evan Haffer is Jewish. I think he says he is. I watched his reply video. Their stock used to be at about 30, and now it's at about 550. So, uh, if you're receiving bomb threats from multiple groups, or multiple groups hate you for taking a stand on anything, uh, is all the backlash worth it? It's not as if Bud Light or Target or Black Rifle are running for office. You know, uh, gone are the days of simple lip service and washing advertising. You must mean it and you must be prepared to suffer a backlash. And either that or start measuring effectiveness by how many people have have boycotted you, which doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Although you almost should count heads before you do that. Because like JCPenney found out, though you support one group that's, Less than 10% of America, probably less than 2% when you actually look at who they were marketing to. Um, uh, women, female couples with children um, and extended families in that category, very, very small subsegment um, compared to the, you know, American families with children. Uh, so they, 
they angered one group and lost four billion in sales, I believe, not just valuation. So, but it's only going to get people on both sides angry. That's the problem today. So here's one of the magics of capitalism. You know, one of the magics of capitalism, you can't poke people in the eye. Some brands will recognize that appealing to a mass audience of diverse people selling the brand based on the benefit rather than on social or political stance is in the end better for the bottom line and society at large. You know, when you when you have a retail store, you can't look over the customer and say, well, they don't look like somebody I'd like to serve. You know, big mistake. Huge. Big mistake. Huge. And that comes from the movie Pretty Woman and where she isn't dressed as an upscale suburbanite uh, billionaireist, heiress, she, but she does buy out the store at another store where they did treat her nice. And so when you're in, when the real inclusiveness is the customer is right, be nice to everybody, and don't deliberately try and provoke half of the world in either direction, I think. I try to do that every day. Have a great day. Comment. Welcome your comments, even if you don't disagree. And uh, if you really have something to say, let me know and we'll put you on the show. And you can, <laughs> you can give your side of it. Bye-bye.